Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermon. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Amen. Y'all doing all right? Listen, uh, if, if you have uh, been a part of the Anchor Church for a while, uh, you know that from time to time we... Um, we like to do what we have coined basically family meetings. And, and what I mean by that is it's where we purposefully uh, step aside from our typical quote-unquote Sunday sermon and we just have an open and honest conversation about where we're at as a church. And, uh, and so that's what we're going to do this morning. And so if you're visiting with us, uh, you're going to see a little bit different uh, this morning. You want to kind of get a look under the hood. It is what it is. So anyways, we're glad you're here. But uh, let me say this. Before I jump in, uh, just kind of give a little context um, you know, years ago, some of you guys know, I spent, um, I don't know, a couple years uh, mentoring and training college-age students who wanted to be in full-time ministry, who wanted to come and uh, be a part of pastoral ministry. And anytime the subject of preaching ever came up with those group of people, I would always encourage them to basically to go find their burden. In other words, I encouraged them to pay attention uh, to what was happening on the inside of them as they prayed. In other words, to pay attention to the weight, to pay attention to the stirring, that, that fire that was burning in their spirit while they were in the presence of God. If you get what I'm talking about, I say, oh yeah. So, because I believe this, once that they could identify the burden, right, once they could identify the burden, which was really what God's heart was for the moment, all they had to do was to go and draw from the well that God already put inside of them and, uh, and basically just preach it with conviction. And uh, so then after that, we just kind of leave it between God and the people. Amen. So, listen, here's why I say that is because as Pastor Dusty was preaching last week, I hope you enjoyed it. I did. Um, as he was preaching, I was convinced, sitting over there convinced, that I was going to continue to run the same direction that he was in last week. I figured I was going to get up and talk about the Holy Spirit today. Uh, we may still do that, but, but um, as the week progressed and I kept having conversations, kept praying, I just felt like the Lord shifted my heart. And, and I realized real quick, man, he's given me a burden for this morning, so we're just going to release it. Amen. Amen. So, so let me say one more thing before we jump in. Um, I've been doing this long enough to know that any time a pastor gets up and really shares their heart, like really gets open, here it is, uh, that there's always a risk for people uh, to question if he's aiming at them, right? To even question the motive behind what's being said. And, and there's even possibilities for words to get twisted and words to get misinterpreted, which we all know can lead to people getting offended and hurt. But, but I want you to know today, like, that's not the goal. We're not aiming at anybody today. We're going to talk straight, but, but we're not aiming at anybody today, okay? So, so listen, uh, I, I just want to reassure you. I say this for my wife, for the leadership team here. We love y'all. We love this church. And, uh, and so we're going to do our absolute best uh, to lead in a way that would honor you and honor Jesus. Amen? All right. So let me just jump in by saying this, because this is where my mind and my heart's been lately. Um, for most of my Christian walk, I've been part of uh, churches that were overwhelmingly made up of people who were all running in the same doctrinal direction, meaning that the people who gathered Sunday after Sunday were not only in agreement in the major points of theology, like the virgin birth, the infallibility of the Word of God, right, like the deity of Jesus, the way of salvation, and so on, uh, but they were also in agreement in the minor or the gray areas, too. You know what I'm talking about? 
So listen, if you've ever been a part of a church like that, then you know it, it not only creates, uh, maybe the wrong word here, but a synergy or an energy, a momentum that, that literally everybody is just running in one direction. And, and it also helps uh, the culture of the church to be easily defined and easily seen. But as many of you guys know, seven years ago, uh, God called my family out of a church like the one I'm describing, and he called us here. Okay, and since that time, I've stood up here uh, literally week after week, and I've just watched God do something, A, that I, that I didn't expect, okay, B, that I wasn't ready for, and lastly, something I think is really unique, unique, dare I even say, even special, okay? And that is this, that I've watched him fill this place week after week with people from a wide variety of church backgrounds and church experiences, now, if I can just kind of state the obvious, clearly there's people in this room, uh, you know, listen, you've been in church since you were in your mother's womb, right? Like, like you was born on the third row, okay? <laughs> and so th- there's people in here that have been radically saved along the way. There's been people in this room that have been terribly hurt and wounded by the church, and, and you ran for a while, and then you decided to come back. But since you've been back, you know, there's some walls and up because you, you, you're kind of still a little nervous. You're a little gun-shy, and that's, that's okay. Uh, there's people in this room that are just kind of starting their journey with God. And then there's people in here, man, that you're really completely unchurched, and you're just kind of here because you're seeking. You're trying to, okay, what's this all about? We're glad you're here, okay? Um, but, but let me say this. While all that is certainly uh, considered as a wide variety, that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. Here's the piece that really caught me off guard that I didn't expect. Just hear me out. In this room, we have folks that have uh, Catholic roots. We have folks that grew up in the Baptist church. We got folks that are from the Presbyterian church, the Congregational church, the Episcopal church. We got folks who are Pentecostal. You know, we just got... A big turn right there, right? People that are charismatic, right? We got people uh, who consider themselves Calvinists, people that consider themselves Armenians. We got people that land somewhere in between. We got people don't even know what those two words mean, okay? And good for you, right? And, and, and so we even have people that have spent, uh, well, let me say it this way, that were heavily involved in other religions, meaning not Christianity, but other religions before they came here. And so listen, when we put all that together, when we put all of you in the room and me in the room, right, for lack of a better word, uh, a smorgasbord or a wide variety of beliefs land in the room, right? And so, of course, it's not in the major areas of theology like the ones I mentioned earlier, but certainly when it comes to the minor or the gray areas, man, the reality is around this room, if we had really individual talks, we would find that we are all over the map, right? And to me... You know, it's, it's in those gray areas where we find a bunch of deferring and a bunch of contradicting beliefs when it comes to what God is like and what he isn't like, right? It's where we find the differences of how he moves and how he doesn't move, right? In addition to that, there's also varying opinions on how we should and shouldn't interact with God, right? It's because of all these things when someone asks me to describe the church, when they say, what's the anchor church like? Right or wrong, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is I say this, we are a melting pot. It's a true statement. It's kind of funny, but, but I got to be honest with you, I never thought, in other words, if you would have taken me back 10 years ago and, and you said, hey, uh, you know, when you, when you pastor your first church, uh, you know, what kind of church are you going to pastor? I wouldn't have said it would have been one like this. Okay, and I don't mean that in a bad way, it's just not what I, but the reason is, is because I'd never really seen anything like this before. My church experience was everybody running in the same direction. 
right? And so listen, when we land here seven years in, uh, on one hand, man, I love it. Like I love the mixture in the room. Um, you know, because I think this, if we, if we could be humble enough before God and before each other, then we could admit that we don't know everything about God. Right? In other words, that we can admit that we don't have some flawless doctrine. If you think that your doctrine is perfect, you are mistaken. Okay? None of us have it all down. None of us, right? And so I think that allows us to have some interesting, and if I can be honest with you, some much-needed conversations with others who may interpret the Bible a little bit different than us. So in my opinion, that's one of the essential ways that you and I learn and we grow in our faith. Now, let me say it this way. We don't... We, we learn at a more rapid pace and grow in a rapid pace where we're having those tough conversations versus we run over and we huddle in the corner with our four friends that think and feel and do everything just like us. It's truth, right? Because I want you to know it's over here that you learn how to be like Christ more than over there because there's greater challenges over here, right? And so let me just say this. So on the other hand, even though I sit back and I... And I so thankful to God that I feel like, man, we have a, a friendly, healthy, loving church. Like, I'm so grateful for that. But the reality is, is listen, is some of our differences and some of our preferences, uh, they, they certainly can create challenges and even cause relational and spiritual tension from time to time. If you know that's true, say, oh, yeah. So, so listen, I want you to know today that, uh, that I'm not afraid of that. <laughs> okay, and I hope you aren't either. Like, I'm not afraid of that. Uh, but I will say this, if I have to confess, I'll say as a leader, there's definitely been times where it, hasn't, where it hasn't been easy internally and even externally to navigate and lead through all those differences. Because why? Because I still have my preferences. <laughs> right? And it's in my preferences and my doctrinal beliefs I want to run with my personality. I want to run at 100 miles an hour and go after it. But, but it's the fact that I go that I'm a pastor and I love all of you. I realize I can't. Or we're just going to sling half the people out the room. Right? When Jesus told us to come here, you've heard me say, he told us to go slow. And I'm wondering when he's going to lift that. <laughs> right? Because he hadn't lifted it yet. All right. So, so let, me, let me do this. Let me, let me, and I don't know if this is going to work or not. Once again, it's family meeting. I didn't, I didn't practice this. Um, so, so let's do this. Brian, Micah, uh, Katie McKellar, come here, please. Brian, if you can grab that in. Micah, if you can grab the other in. Katie McKellar, if you can hop in the middle, it'll be awesome. So what I want to do real quick, and to help you understand what, what I mean by this word, uh, tension. Tension, right? Um, imagine that literally that every one of these four people here, what they do is they represent uh, different theological preferences and different doctrines okay, that we have in the room. And, and if you can imagine that this rope that they're holding uh, represents our spiritual connection, right? And, and, it, and it represents the very thing that holds us together while we're here week after week. Can you guys get in a straight line for me, please? Yeah, awesome. It's funny, they do this with kindergartners. Anyways, so <laughs> I just realized that. So, 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 so here... So, things that happen in my head. All right, so listen, if we realize or not, every time we come to church, we are pulling knowingly and unknowingly in our preferred doctrinal areas. So, Caden, if you can go that way, Michaela, if you can go this way, if you guys can just kind of pull, pull, look at Brian looking all professional down there. It's awesome. So, 
Listen, I, I think, man, like literally, like as soon as you walk in the door, you start, you start, um, you start progressing in your direction, right? And let, let me maybe say it this way. I, I think ultimately we can't help it. It's kind of human nature. It's not that we are, you know, trying to be defiant or divisive. It's not like Mike is trying to pull against Brian. That like that's nobody's trying to pull in opposite directions. But what I think that's happen, happens when we come through the door, all those past experiences, all those point of references, kind of kick in. Uh, basically, basically that. Uh, the way we've learned to interact with God up to this point, it takes over. In other words, we, we begin to uh, do things based off of how we think God operates, how he moves, who he is, and all those things. And what happens is, is this thing that's supposed to be, where we're supposed to be in line and moving in the same direction, what happens is, is people start pulling in different directions, and it creates this tension in the room. Am I making sense? So, so I just think this kind of clear example, if you guys can just stay where you're at, um, you, you know, something that we all experienced this morning is if you, if you come from more of a traditional style of a church, right, uh, more than likely you stood respectively, right, while the worship team uh, went through their set. But I think this is like, but if you come from more of a contemporary uh, what we would call spirit-filled kind of church, uh, you would feel like the proper response in worship would be to be more energetic, more expressive, hands lifted, voice raised, right? Feel free to dance, feel free to move, to clap. You would feel all of that. And here's the funny part, is wherever you land on that spectrum, uh, the interesting thing is, is both groups think they are right. Right? Which causes an unspoken tension to come into the room. If you don't believe me, ask the worship team. Because <laughs> they feel it every Sunday. You know how I know? Because we talk about it every Tuesday. Right? So, so listen, I just think this, this tension can, of course, come in all different packages, like, like how people are prayed for. There's some of us in this room, we believe, uh, you know, Hebrews chapter 6, the doctrine of laying on the hands. If we're going to pray for you, we're going to touch you. Bless God, right? And then there's people that have been taught, you know, basically when they say, hey, I'm going to pray for you, that means I'm going to go by myself and I'm going to have a moment of silence. Come on, right? And, and, and so then, you know, so what's, what happens? Then we say we're going to pray for people, tension occurs. Another way tension occurs is this, is there's people in this room that believe in the, in the power of meeting with God at the altar, and then there's folks that believe, like the church that I grew up in, that if you go to the altar, man, something's wrong with you or you're just joining the church. <laughs> right? And so, and so then the other way, so what happens is, is when we get up and say, hey, man, come to the altar, tension arises. Or if we do this, how about communion? Right? Some people want a loaf of bread to dip in a cup. Uh, some people want a wafer. They want it passed. Uh, some people want to get in a line. Uh, you know, around here, we just give you a mystery cup. Right? <laughs> right? That's loud, and you open it up, and, like, you taste it, and you don't know in that moment, are you Episcopal today or are you Baptist? You don't, you don't even know. Right? Like, it, is, it, is it fermented or is it still good? I don't know. Okay? <laughs> I've drank more alcohol in this church than I have in my entire life. I want you to know that, all right? So, not true. Anyways, I know he's been saved. Anyway, so let, let me just say this. Um, and let's not forget the tension that comes in the room uh, when you begin to hear a sermon that's different than what you grew up being taught. Right? 
And so what happens is you hear something different and nobody in the room has intentionally went, I'm going to believe a lie. And so when we, we, we follow God of what we believe is true and what we've been taught for years, and what happens is when we hear something different, tension occurs. Am I making sense? So, so once again, all those, oppor- all those opportunities, uh, they, they just provide a way for tension to come, and they also provide an opportunity for you to pull in your own natural doctrinal di- direction, which just so happens to be in a different direction than most people in the room or a lot of people in the room. All right? So listen, in my experience, when people uh, begin to feel this tension on a consistent basis, they respond in a few ways. And I, I got to hustle today. But, but here's the thing. He, he wants to keep pulling it. It's awesome. Um, did, you, did you not have that experience in kindergarten? Did you need it? So I didn't do that when I was a kid either. You know why? Because we behaved. That's why. They said, walk. They didn't need to strap us to a rope. Every teenager should come with a shot collar, just so you know. Anyways, all right, here we go. So, so listen, what happens is, is when, and when we get used to all the, in other words, when this tension begins to come more and more and more and more, uh, we tend to respond in a few ways. Some people do this. They just go stick their head in the sand, and they refuse to talk about the elephant in the room. Like, I'll just ignore it, right? And, and then there's people who dig their heels in, and they try to get ready for a tug of war. In other words, Brian says, oh, you're pulling that direction? Well, I'm going to pull in this direction, right? And so, so the thing is, is, and I've heard it, right? They say, well, well, I went to so-and-so's church, or I've listened to so-and-so for 20 years, and he's right. Or I've studied and I've prayed, and I'm right. That's spiritual pride. And that's lifting an individual up to the level of Jesus, Okay, and so listen, then there's other people that just throw the rope down and they go find another rope, right, or another church where people look just like them, right? And then there's other people that they let go of the rope completely and they go into spiritual isolation, right? Because why? Because they can't find anybody that agrees with them on everything. And so what do they do? They go have church at home, right? It's the, it's the First Baptist Church of Susan, First Assembly of Bob. That's what they do, Right? Okay, so anyways, and then there's people who get so frustrated, disappointment with all those who aren't pulling in the same direction or as hard or as fast as they are pulling. So they just get mad at everybody. And then there's people that convince themselves that, man, if, if I'm going to somehow, like if Mike's saying, like, if I'm somehow going to get these people pulling the right direction, what he does is he starts like uh, just berating these people with the Bible, just beats them over the head with the Bible. Bless God, the Bible says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph, right? And like thinking if I'm going to beat them to get them to go in the right direction. I'll get them for you, pastor. Appreciate you. Watch this. Unfortunately, I have seen all those things I just said over the seven years. I've seen that every, all seven of those happen. I could go into more, but we won't. But, but I just think this. Truthfully, those things are disheartening, those responses, and they are disappointing. And the reason is because that's not how God wants us to handle things. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. yeah. All right, so watch this. Let me, let me say something today. If I could just kind of take a step back here. I can't help but to wonder how often that some of us actually get frustrated and we blame other people for, for the tension we feel. 
Like how often do we blame other people for the tension we feel? But I want you to know today that more often than not, I think the tension you feel really has nothing to do with people around you, has nothing to do with who's right and wrong, has nothing to do with the doctrinal stand, has everything to do between you and Jesus. Right? It's tension between you and God. Listen, I don't know how it's worked in your life, but in my experience, it seems like every time God, uh, you know, wants me to grow, he allows tension to come into my life. Every time, right? Because it's that tension that pushes me out of my comfort zone, right? It's that tension that causes me to humble myself, open my heart up more, dig into the word of God, uh, I actually go, you know, that the character of God would be produced more in me. It's that tension uh, that, that causes me to move rather than just settle where I'm at. See, the reason, the reason we have, um, I'm say something strong here. The reason we have so many churches in our area that are dying is because they haven't embraced the tension. They just want to stay comfortable. Well, the problem is, is, is nobody comes in, nobody, is, everybody just kind of st- stagnates. And ultimately what happens is people start dying. And the church dwindles. Amen? So listen, with all that in mind, I just want to ask you, could it be possible, right? Remember all those things we just went down, people's natural responses. Could it be uh, possible that God has something better for you and I, for this church? uh, You know, does he have something better for us when tension arises? Like, could it be possible that God is wanting uh, us to respond better, right, than, than what some of us maybe have been? And I don't know how anybody's been responding. I'm just being the mailman today, right? The answer is obviously yes. Like we know that, right? So, so I just think this. So, so what is God really after? If we can think about this for a moment, like what is this tension? What is God really after? Why has he created this tension in our hearts? Why do we feel that tension every time we walk in the room? We love being here, but we don't know what to do with the tension. What's God's purpose, right? Like, like, like what is it? I think his purpose is found in one word. Y'all ready? Because where we're going today, I think it's found in the word agreement. An agreement. That, that God wants us to come in agreement with him. That's it. So simple, I know, right? But, but the point is this, is that we can, when, when we can make being in agreement with God the main thing, the top priority other than figuring out who's right and who's wrong, like when we make, make that agreement, the priority, when that tension rises, I think we won't make the mistake uh, like so many people have in the past. Is that okay to say it that way? Listen, I, I think this, and, and y'all give me one more second. I, I, I think here's, here's the first step of coming in agreement is this. Can, can you guys maybe move in, in just a straight line, just kind of be relaxed? I, I think this, that... When we begin to recognize that in the middle of all this tension that we are probably exactly where we're supposed to be, right? That it's not an accident that you're sitting in this church, uh, that God has actually called you here for a purpose. It's yes to belong to this church family, but it's also to learn some things about him that you've never known before. Like, so instead of getting all frustrated and kicking and screaming every time somebody does something different than the way you would do it, or something you consider weird or boring or whatever, right? Instead of doing all that, you know, and all that kicking and screaming every time you walk through the doors, how about let's just relax, right? Let's embrace what God's doing, yeah? Let's settle in and let's begin to listen to 
the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because I believe if we listen to him, he'll tell us which direction, new or old, that we need to start pulling in. And the cool part is this, is like when we actually start listening to the Holy Spirit, what we'll quickly find is that we're all pulling in the same direction. Like nobody has to say, we're going this way. Even though I'm going to do a little bit of that today. <laughs> but, but what's going to happen is we're just going to naturally flow that way because why? The Holy Spirit's just naturally flowing that way. Right? And so I think this is when things get fun. It's because the, the more of us, like if we just started adding people to this rope, the more of us that come into agreement uh, with God and with each other, uh, it's easy to get that forward momentum. And it's easy, easier for a church culture to be defined, not only, uh, you know, and let me say this, even identifiable for people that walk through that door, but it's also, it'll come really quick. People in this community will know what this church stands for. Because that's kind of already happening, right? And, and so I just think it's pretty cool that if you can grab a hold of this truth, and we'll read some scriptures, and these guys can sit down. But listen, when we come into agreement with God, once again, don't miss this, we will quickly come into agreement or unity with one another. How many of you guys know God values unity no matter where we're from? <laughs> Amen? Amen. Y'all can lay the rope down. Y'all did amazing. Thank you. Give me a hand. Micah, I want you to know you have a rare gift, son. That was amazing. <laughs> Powerful. My life has changed. <laughs> so with that said, let me give you a few verses here, and then we're going to shift gears pretty, pretty hard, okay? Uh, let me give you a handful of verses. Probably my favorite one on this topic, Amos 3.3. You hear me pray it all the time. But it simply says this, how can two walk together? How can three? How can four? How can five? How can six? How can... 350, 400, 500,000, how can they walk together unless they are agreed, unless they're in agreement, okay? That's what God wants for us. Once again, first, foremost, with him, secondly, with each other. Psalm 133, verse 1, it's kind of the poster verse of unity. It says, uh, how truly wonderful and delightful it is to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. Now, I love what the Bible says. It goes on to say that where there's unity, that's where the anointing and that's where the blessings will begin to flow in our lives. How many of you guys want the anointing and you want the blessings of God in your life? Then you got to get in unity. Amen. Listen to what Jesus prayed. This is known as the priestly prayer. It's John 17. He said this, verse 11. He said, now I'm departing from this world. They are staying in this world. Some as disciples, but I am coming to you Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them, the disciples, by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. That's powerful, just as we are. Watch this, nine verses later, he turns his attention to you and me. He says, and I ask not only for these disciples, but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. That's us. Verse 21, Jesus is praying. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given to them so that they will be joined together as one and experience what? The same unity that we enjoy. Notice there's joy in unity. Right, And I think it's so, so cool to see that, man, that here Jesus is saying that you and I can enjoy the same kind of unity and agreement that the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, enjoy in heaven. That's amazing. Even a melting pot of people can enjoy that kind of unity. 
Last one, Apostle Paul wrote this, and this should be every one of our endeavors. Ephesians 4, 3 says, endeavor, strive, right? Make, I, whatever, make your way in to keep the unity of the Spirit. Can I hear a good amen? amen. All right, let's shift gears. Um, I don't know about you, but I think in spite of all the tension that we may feel from time to time, once again, spoken and unspoken, I believe most of us, uh, most of us in this room really desire and really want unity. Right, And so I, even though uh, this may sound crazy, I believe that the key that unlocks the kind of unity we just read about, the kind of unity that you and I uh, desire, it, it is this. It's deeply connected uh, with what you and I choose to value as a church family. Now, our unity is built around, it's, it's, it's basically locked onto what you and I choose to value as a church family. Or we could even say this, that our unity hinges on what we value or what we agree upon. Am I making sense? All right, so, so I'm being clear here. When I use the words, uh, what we value, I'm not talking about frivolous things that really don't matter. I'm not talking about the color of the carpet I'm not talking about how we decorate something. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? And, and I'm not talking about some moving target that moves from week to week that you don't know what we're aiming at, okay? Uh, I'm talking about things that we believe God wants us to hold dear, things that he wants us to cherish, things that he wants us to treasure, kind of the non-negotiables, so much so that every time we gather, like, these are the things that we're aiming for. Like, how do we know if Sunday was successful, did we hit the target, Right, And so I just think, if you know the term, that this is kind of our clarion call. This is the thing we need to be really clear on. This thing needs to be the thing that we rally around. And, and let me just say this lastly, and I'm throwing a lot out at you. But it's kind of like my hope is, is that the things we're about to talk about, we're talking about seven things. My hope is, is that these things are the things, the values that ultimately make us, us as a church family. In other words, the anchor, this is who we are. Okay? Now, now obviously... Uh, before I share those handful of values, uh, there's some obvious ones. Like, clearly, we value the Bible. Hopefully, you know that by now, right? We value prayer. We value worship. We value discipleship, the gospel message, right? Serving other people. We value seeing the lost get saved. Like, those should be uh, all be givens for any church, okay? They really should. But there's some uh, other distinctives that I think we need to remember that I'm trying to remind everyone of that these are the things we need to be in agreement over. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. All right, so the first thing is this, okay? None of them are scary, so you can breathe. The first value is this, is that we need to choose to agree upon this, is that we choose to value God's presence. We need to choose to value God's presence. Listen, the Bible says this. Jesus talking, Matthew 18, 20, it says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Can I tell you all, I think that scripture is an automatic. In other words, just because more than two of us show up at this church doesn't mean God's present automatically goes, Voof. I'm here about every day. Are, are y'all hearing me? See, so often in church what happens is, is people think, well, just because we showed up this morning, that must mean God's automatically there. That is not the case. I can assure you there are thousands and thousands of churches in the United States of America that are showing up this morning, and they wouldn't know if, uh, God if he walked in the room. Okay, they wouldn't know his presence. And so, and so the reason is, is because if you know, we got to be gathered in his name. There's a purpose. There's got to be an expectation. There's got to be an honoring of him. There's got to be a hunger for him. We got a desire to seek God. Amen. In other words, we didn't show up this morning to, 
to, to stand or to lift our hands and a few, few songs go, wow, that was awesome karaoke time. And okay, there's going to be a guy that's going to get up and talk. He may joke a little and he may, uh, you know, kick us in the butt a little. Like, okay, we went home, great. Like, that's not why we're here, right? So, so we're, here, we're here to meet with God, Right? And so that's why God promises this. Think about seeking him. Jeremiah 29, 13. I love this verse. It says, and you will seek me and find me. Man, in my opinion, that's one of the greatest promises in the entire Bible. That God guarantees if we seek him, we'll find him. Right? And it says, when you search me, search for me with all your heart. In other words, that's the last key. You will seek me and find me. When? When you come after me with all your heart. And so, gang, I just think this, to pursue him is, is what it means to actually find his presence. If we pursue him, we find his presence. And so I, I'm just going to shoot straight with you this morning. Listen, uh, y'all, please listen. I, whatever your church background, listen. If God isn't here, then why are we here? That's how I feel about it. Like, like there's this thing inside of me where, where you can read it. I think it's, it's in Exodus, but Moses says this. Uh, God, that's great. You want to send an angel, but Lord, if you don't go with us, we're not going. We need to have that kind of attitude. God, we don't want to come unless you're going to come. Amen? And that requires all of us. And I'm going to tell you, uh, basically, it, it requires hunger. <laughs> it requires hunger. You got to hunger for God. Amen? So, so listen, why don't we collectively come in agreement that we're going to give our best, give God our best, every time we walk through these doors. If your best is like this, or if your best is like this, just give him your best. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, your best is probably not like this. It's the only thing I'm going to say. Anyways, so I just think we need to come ready, and we need to be focused on encountering God. Listen, if you're in this place and you're like, well, I don't know how to do that, PQ, ask him, he'll show you. He will show you, right, because he wants to be found. Listen, I think, can we come into agreement of this, that we're not going to just settle for church as usual? Like, I don't know about you, but, like, I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy that goes, I'm, I'm content with showing up next 20 years and going, well, I was just like the same previous 20 years. Like, no thank you, right? No, that's like watching a NASCAR race. Man, I just offended my fellow redneck ancestors. <laughs> but, but, but I think this, man, like we need to refuse to be content with just going through the motions. Can I hear an amen? So, and lastly, it's like, can we come in agreement that we're going to do what? That we're going to stretch our capacity because it's going to require that. That's part of the tension that you feel, that there's a, a stretching of the capacity that we're going to learn how to wait on him, and we're going to learn how not to be in a hurry, that we're going to learn how to actually sit at his feet and pour out our hearts. Fellas, I'm trying to tell you today that the women aren't the only ones that need to pour out their hearts. He's still your daddy too. Amen? So, so listen, I may be simple, but I just believe if we individually and collectively agree to pursue him with our whole heart, then every time we walk through those doors, he's going to show up. Right place, say amen. And, and guess what happens when he shows up? If there's, uh, if there's by chance any tension in that's happening in you, uh, in a certain area, I believe his presence has the ability to work it out. In fact, there's this verse that I really like, and I've clung to it for, I don't know, man, probably about... 16 years now in ministry, like I, this is a verse that I remind myself of oft, uh, very often when I feel tension and when I know that I'm standing up against a wall is this, Psalm 97.5. It says, the mountains melt like wax 
at the presence of the Lord. So listen, if there's a mountain of doubt, there's a mountain of unbelief, there's a mountain of fear, a mountain of uh, depression, a mountain of wrong thinking, wrong doctrine, you, you name whatever it is, I'm telling you, it cannot stand in the presence of God. Amen. Amen? So I think it's important, if I can just maybe say this, it's important for you and I to realize that uh, this value of, of the presence of God, man, it is deeply rooted in our friendship with Jesus, and it's rooted in the word intimacy. Listen, I still believe that intimacy can break through any bearer. I do. In fact, let me say this. You know, we were sitting up here uh, during Wednesday prayer, and, and there was a, a few ladies that were just, man, they were preaching. It was good. It, it was good. We didn't do a lot of praying, but, man, there was a lot of preaching, and, I, and I, God was talking to me. But in the middle of that, we were talking about this. We were talking about how we know that there's walls that we're facing. <laughs> that there's walls, that there's an area we need breakthrough in as a church, as a, as a region. And in particular, we were talking about the spirit of religion. Like in, in the independent mindset. And while we were talking about this, this is the only thing I thought about. And I don't, hopefully I don't offend anybody. I'm not trying to be gross, not trying to be weird. But listen, I remember uh, when basically when Jim was pregnant with this gal right here, we, were, uh, we actually showed up to our last appointment before, she, uh, before Jim delivered her. And here's what the doctor said. Fantastic words, words that every man wants to hear. Uh, she, he, she said this, the doctor said this. She said, she looked at me, she said, I'm going to say is what got you into this will get you out of it. <laughs> I've never followed doctor's order better. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> got you. Anyways, so, so but, but here's, here's what I saw the other day is that, is that there's walls up that are keeping things from being birthed in the spirit that need to happen. In other words, God's trying to deliver some things. He's trying to release things into us. And, and, and there's a wall that's keeping that stuff from coming. And I don't need to name that wall, but, but here's, here's in essence the same seed that produced what the dot was saying, same seed that produced that life, right, was the same seed that was going to break down that wall so the baby could come. Am I making sense? So, so here's what I realized was this, is basically, likewise, uh, it's going to be intimacy, right, that's going to bring about the spiritual life that so many of us have been longing for. That if you want the wall to come down in your life, some of you guys have been feeling like you've had a wall in front of you for 10 years. If you want to see that wall come down, it's through intimacy. Don't shout me down. It's intimacy. And, and so, listen, I, I realize when, when I preached three weeks ago now, about the friendship of Jesus, I thought I was going to roll in the room and everybody's going to be like, whoo, that was encouraging. Instead, y'all looked at me like you're looking at me now. <laughs> and I got frustrated, right? And, and I didn't do a good job. I, I preached out of frustration, okay? And we'll talk about that more in a second. But, but, but I let you down, right? Because I got frustrated. But, but, but I realized, man, that, that, there's, that there's this... Um, misconception of what it means to be a friend in the room. Here's what I mean. Since I moved to Maine, I would say this. You know, I'm a southern boy, but I have, and southern people got great hospitality. But since I moved here, I would say, man, I've met some of the kindest people that I've ever met. And here's the thing that marks, I, I think, you, some of you guys, I'm sure you'll correct me if you think I'm wrong. Y'all are good at that. <laughs> Is... It's like there's this mindset of friendship that says this, that says, um, uh, basically, Wayne, I'll do anything for you. 
That that's, in other words, that it's about what I can do for you that defines friendship. That's what I'll come stack your wood, right? I'll come shovel your driveway. I'll, I'll come, I'll, work, I'll do something for you, right? But the problem is, is because so many of us have been trained, raised to be independent, we go, nope, no thanks, don't need it, bub. And that's how we function in friendship. We think it's a transaction. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. It's what we do for one another. And that's not how it works with Jesus. You can't scratch his back. (laughs) You can't do necessarily anything for him. Understand that we serve him, but all he wants is this. He wants relationship. True friendship is this, okay? True friendship is that, you know what? I know your heart and you know my heart. I'm vulnerable with you. You're vulnerable with me. You know my fears. You know my passions. You know my desires. Man, there's just a realness that's about us. There's no wall in between us. He and I have had that. Right? It's just real. This is who we are. Now, if I do something for you, that's awesome. You do something for me, that's awesome. But that's not what this is built on. It's not transaction. It's heart to heart just because I love you. That's what Jesus wants. Right? That's right. Am I making sense? Amen. Number two, second thing we're going to value is this. We need to value the Holy Spirit's leading. Right? We need to come in agreement that we are going to be a church that we value the Holy Spirit's leading. What do I mean by that? It means this, that we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, you can come in here and you can do anything you want. Listen, that we need to understand that when we come into this room, if all we're going to do today is worship, then we worship. If we come in this room and we worship and God says something and he wants to pray for people, that we pray for people. See, there's this mindset that we got to sing three songs and somebody's got to preach. Well, the bottom line is we did nothing with the last 25 messages we heard. So maybe we just need Jesus to do something in us to touch some people and, and so if today's my day, hallelujah. If it's not my day, praise God too. Am I making sense? Jesus wants to be real to us. The Holy Spirit wants to be real. And, and as long as we put him in a box, we're hindering him. Amen? So listen, Romans 8 says this. It says, for as many as are what? Come on, say it like you mean it. For many what? Led. Led by the Spirit of God. These are sons of God. Man, is there anyone in this room that considers yourself a child of God? then that means you should be actively being led by the Holy Spirit. Not just out there, but also in here. We, as God's people, should be marked that we are following the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's part of the independent spirit that's got to go. And we say, Lord, we're yours. We're yours, right? So, so it's like this. Years ago, I remember praying for a guy, and I saw a picture. And I saw, uh, here's the picture. I saw like this, imagine like the, an old pirate ship. And I saw him at the helm, and his sails were absolutely torn to pieces. It was pouring down rain. And I kept seeing this replay of him struggling at the helm, helm trying to control this ship. Like it literally was like a gift, like it kept flip-flopping. And, and what I realized was this, is he was trying to be so in control with his life that God was like, look, I'll be the captain if you'll let me. Right? Some of us need to let go of the helm, and we need to throw ourselves up and say, Holy Spirit, wherever you want to go. That doesn't that doesn't mean you're irresponsible, right? Because he's still a practical God. 
He's not nutso. He's not weird, right? But, but there is a, a leading that we need to allow him to have. Amen? Amen. If you got a God that changes his mind about every three days, you're not serving the right Jesus, by the way. He's not schizophrenic, okay? But, but so let me say this, and, and I know this may seem strong, but I think this, and this isn't to offend anyone, but, but I think a lot of us in this room have been taught to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Now, they'll never say that, right? But the reason is, is because they, they're so afraid. There's, there's, there's pastors in churches that are so afraid of the Holy Spirit moving, and the reason is because they can't control him. Man, it's not our job to control God. Listen, that, that is modern-day Pharisees at its best. Right? And so, uh, and so all I'm going to say is this, is, man, is that um, you don't have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Right? He loves you. He cares for you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to guide you. But the reality is, is how can he guide you if you keep running from him? You don't have to be scared. If there's anybody that can protect you, it's him. There is no safer hands. There's no more secure hands than the Holy Spirit. Amen? So, so let me say this, and side note, we'll move. But since the foundation of this church with, with Pastor Brian and, and Leah, literally when they, when they planted this church originally, uh, man, from that time, at that beginning, people were like, what's so different about that church? Like, what's so different? Why are people drawn to you? Like, he would go to meetings, and pastors would ask him, like, what are y'all doing over there? Literally, last week, I had a person ask me the same question. At our church, we're talking about, what are they doing over there? <laughs> I'm not saying it's because I think we're better, but, but listen, I, I, that's not the point. Th- there's no magic formula. Like, like, we don't preach any better. We don't have any better music. Like, like we don't do anything better. The, the difference is, is this. Holy Spirit... <laughs> What do you want to do? That we try our best, literally from the beginning to this day, to be led by the Holy Spirit in worship and preaching and praying for people and every aspect. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? Right? That's the thing that sets us apart. In fact, I'll say that's, this, is, is that's one of the reasons a lot of you were drawn here. So, so the same Spirit that drew you here wants to do a work in you. I meant the same Spirit that brought me up here and put me in a lot of uncomfortable positions... Right? Like, like, y'all don't even have sweet tea. <laughs> y'all know how difficult that is? <laughs> Suffering for Jesus. But, but my point is, is, listen, I have to trust that he brought me here because he wants to change me. Same reason he brought you is because he wants to change you. Amen? The third thing we want to value is this. We want to come in agreement that we value balance. We value balance. What do I mean by that? There's a, there's a lot of reasons here, but two scriptures stick out in mind. Uh, Matthew 22 says this, Jesus talking. He said this, Jesus answered and said to them, you are mistaken. That word mistaken means you're in error, you're being deceived, you're being led astray. Why? Because you do not know the scriptures. It should say nor, nor the power of God. The scriptures nor the power of God. What is Jesus saying? And that's he's saying that these guys were being Pharisees were being led astray because they didn't equally value the word of God and the spirit of God. Right, that they were being deceived because they didn't have a balance between teaching God's word and the moving of the Holy Spirit. But R.T. Kendall said years ago, he said this, he said that the, one of the biggest issues in the church today is that there's been a divorce between the word and the spirit. 
There's been a divorce. In other words, people who want the spirit, they all run that direction. People who want the word, they all run that direction. And they look at each other like they're enemies. Right? And that's wrong. He said, look, for God to do what he wants to do in this generation, there needs to be a remarriage between the word and the spirit. There needs to be coming back together. And if I could add this, there's an old Jim Simbola quote that I think is absolutely brilliant. He says this, and it's why we love balance so much. He said this. He said, all word, you dry up. Some of y'all been to that church. All spirit, you blow up. I've been to that church. <laughs> but he said, but with both you grow up. Guys, we want to grow up. If we want to grow up, we need the Word and the Spirit actively in our lives. Amen? The second reason we want to be, or second verse that comes to my mind is this. is John 1, 14, talking about Jesus. And the Word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. And the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Full of grace and truth. Y'all do realize that grace and truth are on two different ends of the spectrum, right? So listen, if we want to be the type of people that value balance, then we need to recognize that it goes deeper than just Bible, Holy Spirit. We need to understand that in Jesus is the fullness of God, and he's the perfect balance of all the attributes of God, because he is God. Right? So in other words, in him was grace and truth, mercy and holiness, judgment and forgiveness, work and rest. Are you hearing me? Therefore, listen, if we're going to be individuals, if we're going to be the type of church uh, that comes in agreement with God, then we need to embrace balance. If we don't embrace balance, we'll run to a ditch somewhere. Amen? So if we want to be like Jesus, we need to embrace balance. Amen? The fourth value is this. We need to come in agreement that we value the next step. We value the next step. What does that even mean? We value the next step. The Bible says this in Philippians 1.6. It says that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. Now listen, I realize that there's not a single person in this room that has uh, completed, you haven't graduated the transformation process yet. Nobody's arrived. Newsflash. <laughs> right? So, so listen, so wherever we are, listen, there's a next step in Jesus. For some of us, if we're seeking, the next step is salvation. If you're saved and you have been baptized, that's the next step. If you're not baptized in the Spirit, that's the next step. If you're not serving and using your gifts that God's given, that's the next step. There's always a next step in the kingdom beyond just, okay, I went to church today. That's square one. You haven't even collected $200 in past go yet. Amen? So, so listen, I just think this, that you and I cannot take our next step lightly, right? We need to value growth. We need to value life change. And that's why we as a church have said, okay, we're going to be committed to y'all's next steps. That's why we create things like Cultivate and all the other classes we do. Why? Because we're trying to help people discover not only their next step, but we want to empower them to take it. Not just identify it, but empower them to take it. And I just think this, that obviously that doesn't happen overnight. There's things that need to be learned and there's things that need to be unlearned. Right? But we need to value growth and transformation. The fifth thing is this, and this is maybe, uh, this is important to me. All these are, but this is really important to me, is that we need to choose to come in agreement about this, that we're going to value authenticity. That we're going to value authenticity. There's a verse here. Um, I'm kind of maybe going in a weird way with it, but 1 John 3.18 says this. It says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Watch this, and this will make it a little different. The bottom line is, I think when we genuinely love people, we don't want to be fake. If I love you, I'm not going to be fake, right? That we want to be open, that we want to be real, 
We want to be genuine. We want to be honest. We want to be vulnerable. Man, we want to be transparent. My, my brother-in-law texted me the other day. He's stationed in Japan at the moment. He was listening to a podcast, and, he, and he's listened to loads of sermons from here. But he said this. He was like blown away by how uh, just vulnerable and transparent I am with you guys. He had been in church his whole life. Okay? The reason I do that is, A, is because I value authenticity, and it's important that, guess what, that I model that in front of you. If I want you to be open, then I'm going to be open. I, I'm, not, I'm not on the, some pedestal thinking I'm greater than anybody else in this room. Amen? Amen. So I just think this. It's like, man, I, when I think about authenticity, that's how I want to live. I don't want to be a phony. I don't want to be to kind of give you a biblical reference. I don't want to be like Samuel and, uh, sorry, Saul in 1 Samuel where he was hiding behind the baskets. Too many people are hiding behind masks. Too many people are hiding behind, uh, you know, religious uh, ideologies that are wrapped up in fear and pride. I just don't want to be that guy. Like, if, you know, in other words, I, I want to be just as real here as I am in Walmart. This is who I am, good and bad. It's, it's what you get, right? So I just think this. If you, can, if you can remind yourself that God has made you you on purpose. He's made you you to be a blessing to people, right? And if you can't be authentic, then guess what? It's proof that you don't value who God made you. But the truth is, is God will never be able to anoint you and use you if you're not who you really are. Because he only anoints originals. He doesn't anoint somebody else that we're trying to be. Right? And so, so today, let me say this. We'll move on. If you're here and you're like, man, I want freedom, then be authentic. Right? If you want victory in your life, be authentic. If you want real friends, learn how to be authentic. If you want to be really loved, really accepted, really belong, be authentic. I have no issues if you want to run up here and say, man, this is the mess that I'm in. I'm glad you're admitting it. First step to transformation. Right? Listen, if you're like, if you're like this, man, I want to be connected with God in a deeper way, be authentic. If you want to be used by God, be authentic. Are you getting the point? God values authenticity, and so should we. The sixth value is this, is that, is that we want to value doing life together. We want to value doing life together. What I mean by that is we want to value the biblical community. We want to value each person, each of you, as members of the family of God. That's it, right? Why? Because we recognize that God didn't create us to do life alone. Y'all realize that? That independent thing doesn't fit in the kingdom. Asking people to come help you stack wood other than killing yourself and dying 30 years earlier or too soon, it's kind of the kingdom of God. Yeah? So, so listen, I, I just think this. It doesn't matter who you are in this room. Man, God created you to be loved and to give love. He created you to uh, know and to be known. Like he created you to belong and to help others belong. To be accepted, help other people accepted. There's an interwoven piece that we got to grab a hold of, right? Listen, you and I are created in the image of God. God is a relational God. He's relational. Therefore, you and I should be relational and we should be connected to one another. Let me give you two verses here. Hang in there with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. 
Not one, but many. Ephesians 2 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household or the family of God. So all I'm saying is this, is guys, we have the same Heavenly Father. We've been saved by the same blood. We have the same Savior. We've been marked by the same Holy Spirit. We're going to live together in eternity in the same heaven, right? I, I know that makes some of you mad, but we're all going to be there together. And, and so listen, why don't we go ahead? God wants us to enjoy a strong relationship with Him, personal relationship with Him, and He also wants us to enjoy that together. Amen? So listen, so with that said, let me give you a little challenge. I don't know what's in your mind when you walk through these doors, but I want to challenge you to do this, to, to stop viewing this church as a place that you just attend and start viewing it as a family you belong to. Now, to understand this, the church has grown to such a point that Jenna and I can't make all the connections. Guess what? We need your help. See somebody come in new, be friendly, love on them, right? The reality is that people don't stay for good preaching, they stay for connection. Okay, so, so listen, if you're sitting here and you're going, I'm lonely, we'll, we'll quit waiting on everybody else. Go grab somebody. Okay, we got to help each other out. Yes? Amen. Good preaching. All right, <laughs> last value. Here we go. It is this, is, is this, is we value, like, man, I know this is Jesus, that in this church we need to value family. What I mean is this, is your family. Right? Like, understand that mom Dad, grandparents, kids, you're important. You're important. You matter. You're significant. And, and I'll just say this. It's kind of funny because um, I don't know what's happened to you. God jacked me up in the end of December and January. It's kind of continued. And, uh, but about this idea of family, of marriage, and raising kids. And so we taught on it, and I just tried to say, hey, here's what's going on in me, really open and honest. Uh, but man, since we have started opening up that can, I would say over the last few months, my family has been attacked and hammered maybe more than ever. Jen and I have been together for 20 years, and I would say we have been attacked more in the last few months than our entire marriage. Okay? And so, and literally in about every way you can imagine. And so, that tells me one thing. <laughs> We're on track. So I'm going to ask you, because we need you, to pray for us. Pray for our marriage. Like We're, we're not trying to get divorced, none. Don't, don't, don't hear that. But I'm just saying, man, it's been tough. Like, the, the love hasn't changed. But, but man, when, when your finances are getting tagged and your health is getting attacked and, all, you know, things are breaking and, you know, when all that's happening, uh, man, it's like, hold on, Betty, we're on for a ride here. Right? Never happened to y'all? I'm glad you got a perfect one. All right, here we go. Can y'all stand to your feet, please? If I can give you a word picture really quick, and then we're going to pray. Like, really, I'm like, Lord, this is, this is what I want. This is what I'm praying to happen with us today. In fact, everybody, real quick, just look around the room really quick. I know, I know y'all been just kind of focused on maybe yourself for a bit or a person around you. Like, look around. Look people in the eyes. All right, now if you can't look up here, awesome. Y'all did amazing. Y'all felt so awkward right there. It was so cool to watch. <laughs> oh, man. So watch this. So, so for my family, if I can give you just like a, a word picture of what I want to see happen today. Uh, like my family, we, we are an apple family. 
Okay, and what I mean by that is, is we have iPhones, right? We have, uh, you know, um, whatever, make sure I get an iMac. We got a MacBook Pro. In other words, across the board, man, like I, all of our devices are Apple. Okay, so I'm going to take a, a moment real quick. If, if you're not an Apple person, but you're an Android person, lift your hand, please. Those are the people that need deliverance in the room, just so you know. <laughs> They need to be set free from deception. All right. So here's my point on serious note. Um, there was a day where I would have to plug my, my phone or my iPad into my, our desktop computer, right? And so our iMac. And every time I would plug it in, right, uh, this box would pop up and it would ask me if I wanted to sync my phone and my Computer. In other words, it was asking, do I want my phone and do I want my computer to come in agreement? Do I want them to be able to share, right, uh, the same photos, the same emails, the same music, same documents, emails, and so on, right? So I just think this, in the same manner, that's my prayer really this morning, is that as I've shared all this stuff, that yes, here's the tension, but yet, but here's what we're going to value, that in the middle of all that, God's coming in and he wants to sink our heart with his and he wants to sink our hearts with one another you may not even know each other but we're going to believe god's going to sink our hearts doesn't mean you're always going to agree doesn't mean you're going to like the same things doesn't mean you're going to want to go on vacation together but it does mean that there's a mutual love and affection and honoring towards one another that you're open for relationship and that you're open to say these are the things we value and as a collective group man we're going to pursue god together Amen? Because why? Because I need you and you need me if we're going to get where God wants us to be. Amen? Amen. If you, if you are, once again, I know we're all from different backgrounds, and this thing scares some people. I got saved in one of those churches, too. I used to think that was weird, too. It's okay. But, but if you're like, man, PQ, I, I'm, I'm with you. I feel some tension, but I'm in agreement with you, man. Jesus, sink my heart today with the people in the room and with you. Can you lift your hand if you're like me? God, I'm with that. Amen. So Jesus, simply as we lift our hands today, God, we, you see it. You see all things. So Father, we're asking today, God, supernaturally by the power of your spirit that you would sink our hearts first and foremost with you. We want to be in agreement with you on all things. And Father, as you sink, Lord, our hearts, Father, thank you, God, that you are uh, literally throwing in the trash bin things that aren't in agreement with you. Old mindsets, old ways, old beliefs, old attitudes, all those things that you're just like, yep, yeah, no, doesn't belong here anymore. Father, we ask God that you would give us a, a, just literally a, a download, an upgrade uh, today, God, from the Spirit in you. God, that you would just waken our hearts in new ways, that we would be people who value the things that we talked about today, that we value your presence, that we value being led by you. God, that we value other people. And Lord, we are asking today, God, with our hands lifted high, God, that you would sink, God, our hearts with our brothers and sisters in this room. God, we ask that you would do that in Jesus' name. God, give us a mutual bond, a mutual love, a mutual affection. Teach us, God, how to fellowship with one another. 
Lord, we really got to have you to do that. So, Lord, thank you for helping us break off a lot of that independent mindset. And, God, help us have a kingdom mindset because it's really all about walking in, uh, with you and doing it your way. And so, Jesus, thank you for helping us do this. For us that don't know how, God, teach us, we ask in Jesus' name. Lord, I bless your people today. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.